Partisan Mom, welcome to another episode of the Chad Prince Show here in the Mothership, which is Studio 22. As you can see, I haven't even changed clothes from yesterday. <laughs> Me either. No, we're all still wearing the same clothes. The reason <laughs> is because we taped it all on the same day, and the reason we did is because we had Elijah Schaefer, uh, the host of Blaze TV, slightly offensive. You know, he's that crazy dude who goes out in the street and tapes all the stuff and the riots and the protests, and, and he's, he's been very busy the last few years. And, of course, he's the one who filmed the very viral video of the man getting uh, mobbed and beaten. Of course, he chased him with the sword. and I mean, there was the whole, there was bricks, there was, there was blood, there was violence, all the things you love from Hollywood, except this was real life. Uh, and we had Elijah in studio yesterday, on yesterday's episode, I should say. Uh, we didn't get to everything. Um, if you haven't seen that, I want you to go back because Elijah's commentary talking about Antifa and just some of the mental state and the psychological profiles as well as the motivations for not just Antifa, but DSA and a lot of these um, groups that are out there. It's very profound, very telling because it's not just the what of these groups and what they engage in, but it's the why, why they engage in the activity that they do. And I'm going to talk to you a little bit today. We're going to have Elijah back in the next segment. That's the point I'm trying to make. We're going to get to that video, get his commentary of what happened that night. I'm going to spend a little bit of time talking about what what I thought about over this past weekend as I watched these things unfold. And I know there are going to be folks who are going to, going to say, well, you're a white guy. You don't have... No, 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 no. Let me just stop you right there and tell you. I, I'm going to talk about it from a white man's perspective, Natalie. Mm -hmm. Okay, I'm going to talk about it from a white man's perspective. Uh, and, and after that segment with Elijah, we're going to discuss the video. And then I want to get into some of the philosophical reasons why I think the white community responds to the black community and why the black community feels the need. Uh, again, I'm not getting into their motivations, but I'm going to tell you our view of it. Okay. And I'm not speaking for all white people either, Steve. Mm -hmm. That's uh, your job. <laughs> You're all white I'll people. You represent. <laughs> I got my little villain mustache going. It's kind of on point. Looking good. It's my Guy Fox mask. That's what I'm doing. I'm growing my own little Guy Fox mask. And, and you know, so I'll be the next uh, anonymous. Look like Doc <laughs> Holliday or something. So anyway, no, it looks a little more like Johnny Ringo. Yeah, Johnny Ringo. A little more like Johnny Ringo. Doc's a little more thin yeah. and curls up. Oh, that's right. That's yeah. who I meant when I said I know that. That's what All you right. meant. Why? Look, darling, an educated man. Should Did I hate him? Have tuberculosis? Yep. He reminds me of me. I know I hate him. So we're going to get into a lot of the stuff. These are controversial times. You want to have the conversation? Let's have the controversial conversation. Um, I think that, I think that, we have the right to do that okay um if if people are going to burn things if they're going to loot things if they're going to beat each other up if they're going to cause violence if they're going to threaten violence then we have the right to at least have open honest conversation about the way we feel about it and if you don't like it turn it off go somewhere else don't do it. don't watch it that's okay but this on this show we have the right to do it we have the microphones and that's what we're going to do right mm -hmm. that's what we're going to do uh, there's all kind of news headlines we can get into, might get into some of them. We'll see. But I got some things on my heart and I want to take it all the way back to George Floyd in this episode. I'm going to take it all the way back to George Floyd because that's the catalyst for all of this stuff. And unfortunately, the memory of George Floyd seems to be missing in all of this nonsense. OK, before we move forward, 
The country seems to be opening up again. I don't know. We'll see what happens here in the days ahead. But some of us were a little leery about being in confined spaces, you know, with the public out there. Um, I know because remember, there's this thing called COVID that was out there. Remember, that was so seven days ago. But if you're looking for a great gift idea for Father's Day that's safe and COVID free, I want you to consider iTarget Pro. One of the coolest ways to work with your gun right there at home, dry fire train with your firearm in the comfort of your own home. You use their proprietary app on your phone. They have a laser bullet, which is cool. It's convenient, safe, and it's going to save you a ton of money on ammunition. Dry fire training will develop muscle memory. It's going to help you with target reaction, speed, sight, alignment, trigger function, and a whole lot more. iTarget comes in all the major calibers, including that for your AR-15, such as the 223 and the 556, so you can stay sharp with almost any firearm you own. So for Father's Day, get 10% off Uh, plus free shipping with the offer code CHAD. Don't let circumstances dictate whether or not you're going to train. So take back control with iTargetPro. That's the letter I, targetpro.com, iTargetPro.com, offer code CHAD. Let's get into it. We'll be right back. Hey, I told you last night that we were going to talk a little bit more with Elijah Schaefer, the host of Blaze TV, Slightly Offensive. You can find him on YouTube, uh, youtube.com slash slightly offensive. You need to be subscribed over there. Check out all the shenanigans that uh, Elijah gets into. Uh, Everybody has seen this video. It's just gone crazy, crazy viral. Would you say this is probably one of the biggest ones you've ever... is, Is it the biggest... Because you've done some big viral videos. <laughs> I don't know, but this is the first one that Trump weighed in on. Yeah. This so, is a big one. This is a good. big one. So everybody's seen it. Uh, viewer discretion advised. Uh, check it out. This is downtown Dallas, Texas. This was the guy who was trying to chase off looters. With this is the, all my content. Beep, beep, yeah. beep, beep, beep. It's everything I make. Oh, my gosh. Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god! Oh my god. Oh. Look at y'all scoop! I'm not with a sword. All right, so you're there. You saw the whole thing unfold. He goes chasing after him. He's got what the sword and the scabbard deal. What and, was that? I mean, that's the craziest thing. I mean, the tweets from that guy's account before he went before he went into the dark and deleted all of his socials. Uh, you know, his tweets were kind of. I wouldn't say like. You're talking about the guy that got beat up. Yeah, yeah. It wasn't like his tweets were, you know, uh, Dylan Roof or one of those, you know, mass lunatics guys, yeah. where you could have been like, oh, this this guy was coming. That you could you could have seen this coming. But they were they were concerning. They were very concerning. I took screenshots of all of them. And uh, at one point, he was like, "My goal in life is to scare as as many of my or to scare as many people as possible." Yeah, and then so, and then he talked about the knife. He talked about the sword on his well, Twitter. Who around with the sword? Two days ago, he talked about it. He said on his Twitter, "I've got this large, you know, black double-sided sh- sword, and it's sharp, and it could kill someone with if they weren't wearing armor." You know, yeah. and then two days later, and then at the end of that tweet, he said, "Should I start carrying it around Dallas?" And then this was literally, I mean, literally twenty, probably twenty-four, thirty-six hours before, you know, he was. I suppose trying to defend his favorite bar, and that's what he says. And uh, we don't know. Again, there's there's a, there's a, there's a couple of unknowns here. We don't know if you know 
they were throwing rocks directly at him because he was standing guard or if they were trying to throw rocks at his store and he was he was trying to start to defend himself but he he they were throwing rocks at him uh, and he was trying to run away but was he the store owner or no. he just no, like that's his, his favorite bar well and this is where i i hate i hate the far left media and i, I have to just call it that because it's not the media i can't say the media right it's the far left media because they sit on their computers, little just losers, you know, in their small box apartments in New York and LA, looking at other, making content off other people's content because they're too scared to go make their own content. Right. So they have to, you know, they, they look at it and they go, he said he was in a blue shirt, but it was really navy blue black. And he said the guy was in front of a store, but he was on the side of the front of the store. And they like, you know, like as if they try to discredit everything you said, as if like you're, you're like, like I didn't tweet that video two days later i'm like in the middle that went up within seconds of happening yeah um as soon as i called the ambulance that video was up so i tried to give my best description in the moment and and thank god i i actually tread treaded cautiously in my description all i said was it appeared that he was defending a shop mm -hmm. not his how in the hell would i know if he's a store owner right i don't know and i never said he was a good guy i just said that they were throwing bricks at him mm -hmm. then he ran then he rushed them and they go well you did you cut out the part of your video where he rushed them i go let me clear this up why i cut my video i didn't start recording when they were throwing bricks at him i started that's when i pulled out my phone i saw they were throwing they started throwing bricks at him, the guy because i there's so much chaos it wasn't worth filming everything yeah. i started filming when the bricks started flying and then i got my phone out i had to borrow my wife my phone's busted think about this i moved to texas i have no internet in my house they messed it up it's not even in my unit i have no phone my phone's broken i'm using my wife's phone that i have to keep putting in her password and you know you don't know someone else's password you always go ah yeah, I texted going, you on Sunday, and you're a shitty texter anyway. Yeah, so. and I, I have no, text. no texts. I, I, even my brother-in-law was like, he wrote me something. I go, who is this? Yeah. <laughs> he got, okay, but hey, I'm, I'm trying to get it out, and I'm trying to film on her phone. She's running out of space on her phone because she has like no space because I'm a bad husband. I can't, I work, I work for Blaze TV, and I can't afford the, the bigger <laughs> phone for her. So, 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 so then, so then, so then I, I'm filming it, and and so the reason why I don't I cut the part out where he rushes the people is because th my video makes it look like he just psychotically bum rushed people and then they jumped him not the actual full picture which I found the footage later from other people and shared it that people were throwing rocks and bricks at him and he runs and they continue to throw and then he charges them and then Oh, sorry. I, no, I that's fine. No, but the and, and this is what I really wanted to make sure it, to to make this point is the unknown in this scenario. If he would have kept running, would they have followed him and kept throwing rocks or would they have shifted their focus to the bar that he was trying to protect mm -hmm. you know because he would rather you know he would rather see these bartenders be able to go back to work than ha them have to deal with some damage and they did loot bars they people did. said oh why would they loot a bar next door down the street they looted a bar that people were breaking into bars stealing alcohol and drinking it on the street i have a video and they were like walking around with gray goose with a little cap on top and like partying while they're doing this having a good old time so it's not like the whole point about this is it's not beyond the realm of possibility they were going to loot the bar it's not beyond the realm of possibility that somebody would want to defend a business that they like or a bar that they like all that we don't know is why this guy I mean, <laughs> decided he brought that this was a good idea it. and also 
this, this, the people saying, but he rushed him with a sword. Holy shit, people. They were throwing bricks and rocks at him and they continued to do so while he was running. Yes, he's a complete, can I use the R word here? Can I use retard on the show? I don't care what you okay. use. Yes, he's a complete retard for, for rushing a mob of rioters. But why is everyone making it seem like this is the bad guy. There are people in the streets breaking into businesses, attacking people and things. He's not like a random guy who just charged like nice people. Yeah. There were, uh, there's a riot going on. Okay, so it makes sense he was armed. He might have been a crazy psychotic person. I never defended like everyone acting like you always come to the defense of the bad people. It's like no. What I'm bringing up the point is that. I don't know about a lot of people. I mean, I, I, I go to these situations all the time and even sometimes I have moments where I have to calm down and talk to God and, and just go, Lord, what do I do next? Because I'm scared for my life. But it's not beyond a possible reaction that somebody snaps in that situation and just flips and just goes, because he, he screams and runs at them like I, I somebody, I mean, people are running people over and I'm passionate about this because it's like this guy is definitely his life's on the line at this moment mm -hmm. was there a point that uh that somebody stepped in to defend him once he was down and out because our viewers are going to ask did no. anybody he got beat for a good 10 seconds i went back and looked mm -hmm. and i counted he got beat beat down he got the beat down on the ground for a good 10 seconds and probably the five seconds leading up to that they were throwing rocks at him and trying to you know disarm yeah. him um, and they and of robbed course, him while he saw, was down i didn't even see it first him. the rocks being thrown I was actually, you know, if he was here and Elijah was filming this direction, I was actually over here. So he was running not towards me, but kind of towards my direction and screaming. So at first, my thought was, this is a lunatic trying to commit a mass murder uh, on 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 some protesters or rioters, whatever you want to call it, with a sword, which is a bad idea because again. Even if, let's say, for example, he was a lunatic trying to commit a mass murder, you may slice one or two person up, and yeah, maybe he would have got satisfied. Maybe he would have been satisfied. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. By slicing one person, but you're gonna get mobbed, and he got mobbed. But, and he's, but, he but is lucky. He's not They dropped a rock on him, and they hit him in the back of the head with a skateboard, and he definitely went unconscious. Oh, and good old intercept uh article oh um the hospital the police the next day can you know these little I, they probably talk like that the police said that he both his description of his condition and his description of events were false okay well first of all you little bitch uh he, i said he was critically injured in that moment he was unconscious with the back of his head split open I don't know what your definition of critically injured is, but him being stable the next day because they put staples in the back of his head does not mean he wasn't critically injured. I his didn't body say he was, in was the contorted. ICU. I, I mean, thought he was body, dead. It looked like the, a scene from The Exorcist. Yeah. His body was Steve truly contorted. Steve thought he was dead. Yeah, they go, yeah. Yeah, they a minute go, ago. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's not critically injured. Listen, like we weren't out there trying to push a certain narrative or an no. agenda. We were out there filming and just and just reporting. trying to show the facts and well, show and what happened. Well, in the middle of all of that stuff, and most people have never been in a situation like that. It's very uncomfortable when you're around protests anyway because it's a volatile situation and you don't know which way it's going to go but then something like that pops up and you're trying to put that out on social media and as a member of the media you're, you know, you're 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 kind of grasping at the words in the best description you can do. It's not like you went over there and checked the guy's vitals and then came off with some kind of, you know, this right. is what's going on with him, a full assessment of his well, injuries. And, and, you know, and what really makes me the most angry is this is what happened in Portland, okay? Because I had a similar viral footage in Portland um, of these... I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to break this down for, for, for your audience because this is so important with these situations. When you're field reporting on the ground, and I tell people this, I'm, I'm an entertainer, 
but I also do journalism. So like when I'm out there at these events, I don't take this as entertainment. Mm -hmm. This is serious. I, I take it very seriously to make sure I'm accurately reporting. And I tell them I'm not, I, I'm reporting and that is journalism. And they go, well, uh, you're self-described. No, anyone can be a journalist. Anyone, if you capture and you report something, you're, you're doing, you're doing journalism. It might not be your full-time job. It could right. be a hobby. It could be the one, one Saturday of your life, but you are, you, that's, that is what journalism is. You're telling the story and reporting news. Okay. And a story. So that's journalism. When you're there, you don't have eyes on all sides of your head and you're not five people. And there are lots of cameras usually recording intense events usually now, thank God. So when you're reporting, you're reporting your angle and what you saw. And in that moment, as you get more information, which this is where the mainstream media doesn't like to do this, you create updates. Okay, and updates and updates and updates and you try to update and give a fuller picture and what happens, especially in a situation like this where a crime was committed. And when I made my first tweet, I was being as safe as I could with what I was saying, providing as much context before I was overstepping my boundary, which the media also doesn't do. I did not say he was a store owner and he did this and then they attacked him because he was white. I didn't bring race anything. I just was going, here's what I saw. The media cannot handle they cannot handle that the right wing does a better job at their job than they do. And I genuinely know that myself and Andy know, and this is not a pat on the back, they, man, I, I, when I, I get passionate, I curse. So I'm trying to be a good Christian boy here on your show. But they attack Andy and I on everything that we do. And they, they spend time in major publications writing articles. Washington Post wrote a hit piece on me. What the hell is the Washington Post writing a hit piece on a YouTuber? You know why? Because what we capture destroys their entire narrative. Mm -hmm. and, 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 and what the why, but why does that make them angry? It makes them angry because I'm not writing it from a right-wing perspective to destroy their narrative. I'm just a right-winger that has footage that destroys their He's narrative. Reporting. It's 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 it 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 completely disarms them, and it's it's like it's like that guy like you the footage of the guy getting his gun taken away from them. It's like you're pulling the gun out of their hands, and so it's like it's like it's not just them, but it's Chrissy Teigen, it's Hollywood. It's like like they look at you and they're like this bitch boy. Like I like oh they're just so mad because. You you caught your wife in the bed with the, the other man. It's like you're showing that they're like I'm not just in top rumors of cheating. You watched it, you know, and and so we get it out there and we play it safe. And so then they write articles like they described me like this. A recent article today was like Elijah Schaefer of Glenn Beck's TV. They always yeah, they always Glenn. use Glenn Beck to discredit you. <laughs> it's an insult, which is like I like Glenn. I didn't like the never Trumper stuff. He's come around and he's been in this for so long that I don't know anybody in any job that hasn't or in these I don't know any commentator that doesn't have some things I don't like that they say or some things I disagree with Glenn Beck's no exception and I like a lot of what he says and most of what he says and I'm sure people disagree with a lot of what I say fine, but who runs a YouTube channel channel that mocks left-wing <laughs> protesters like I haven't made a video making f like that made fun of left-wing protesters in like almost over a year. And I also have never made fun of left-wing protesters at a protest. They humiliate themselves. They do it themselves. They humiliate themselves. It writes itself. One goat. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you do one goat. Yeah. The, All right. Hang on. Hang yeah. on. Hang on. You're going to be back. Obviously, you're going to be back. Stay safe. 
Right. I'll, I'll just end with this quick statement. Yeah. Is that in all of this, I am so sad to have to ever call myself a journalist. And the, the absolute state and shithole of what journalism has become has forced me to do it. And I am so disappointed in the establishment media today justifying people who committed a crime, making people who are destroying our country the good guys, and completely lying to the masses of, of, of sheep who are asleep. And I cannot believe that you can capture footage, even release all the additional footage, which I've released, mm -hmm. that completely backs up what I say, and they can get online and tactfully, directly, and purposefully lie, smear, and slander to completely, completely mislead the American people. And these people are the worst people in America right now. It's not the people burning down the cities. It's the journalists defending them. Damn it, I hate them. And I'm just leaving it <laughs> on that. Send your emails to Elijah. Yeah. He doesn't know how to use a clock or anything else. But that's okay. Be safe. Well, be I, yeah, I will. Shut up. I will. <laughs> Listen, working from home is driving up the worst type of cybercrime, home title theft. Listen, doing it all from home. They're stealing your home, right? You're, everything you do right now from home, working, banking, video conferences, meal deliveries, shopping, same thing with cyber criminals. They're using the internet to target your home. Actually, they want the money they can get by taking out loans against your home. It's the crime uh, of home title theft. FBI's telling all the homeowners that's one of the fastest growing crimes in America. Home title locks how you protect your home from cyber thieves. Your home's legal documents and title is online where they can find it, forge your signature, say that you sold their home to them. Then they're going to take out loans on your home and leave you with the debt. And the banks and the insurance uh, and basic identity services don't protect you. Home title lock puts a virtual barrier around your home's title, protects your home. You need to protect your home now. Go to HomeTitleLock.com. Register your address. See if you're already a victim. Use code CHAD for 30 free days of protection to help you through this crisis. That's code CHAD. HomeTitleLock.com. HomeTitleLock.com. Promo code CHAD. Be right back. Man, 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 man. Oh, so many things. So many things. And, you know, I, I don't want anybody to take lightly what Elijah referenced with that intercept.com, whatever it was, article. Mm -hmm. In fact, I just had the thing pulled up. Mm -hmm. uh, it's so biased, you know. And so, a friend of mine just sent me the article, even during the break, theintercept.com. says, Trump falls for video of Dallas Clash edited to cast machete-wielding vigilante as victim. Um. You know, you can you can find it on theintercept.com. It is so twisted. They try to make it out like Elijah edited the video in such a way that it was it was, you know, misleading and biased and some kind of thing. Is that a left wing media? Oh yeah. I mean yeah, but yeah, but yeah. self self proclaimed? 
Well, I mean, they all are in that regard. I mean, you don't have to look very. None of them self-proclaim as being left-leaning. I don't know. No, they that, no, they do it, but they don't self-proclaim it. Like okay. they don't say, "Hey, Rita," you know. It's not like the progress that's channel. Just, that's beyond on, ridiculous on Patriot. I mean, look, was that guy in the right? No, Steve. Right. I'm telling you, don't ever chase anybody with a sword. Okay. Mm-hmm. No, I'm gonna. If they're throwing rocks, run away. It's yeah. simple. Just run away. I, I think he did try to run away at first, but then he decided. Then he decided to, I don't know. Uh, I watched the video. Yeah. And it's just, um, you know, uh, you know, I, it's it's I'm it's funny. It all depends on when you hit record and what your angle was and where your timestamp, where you stopped it. Uh, you could have taken him down. I mean, you didn't have to beat him half to death. Mm-hmm. Well, it's, I mean, I, I get that. It's not like the mm-hmm. guy. I mean, they they, they monkey stomped him. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not it's not like they you know they were beating a guy half to death. And I mean, these weren't just black people. These were there were white people yeah. involved too. I mean, it mm-hmm. was it was a mob mentality on top mm-hmm. of this guy. So it's not. It's, I don't make the thing about race or anything else. It was just a mess. Uh, he shouldn't have chased him with a sword. He should have gotten the hell well, out of the way. And like, and first said, of all, he should have not been there. Exactly. He shouldn't have been there in the first place. But And then nobody stepped in to – not that somebody could stop that in a mob mentality. Right. Not but without even getting asked There comes too. a point where, all right, dude, he's down, he's out, he's had enough. Yeah. You got to stop it. Yeah. Yeah. So it, the, the, the twist of narratives is what bothers me. It's what bothers – Elijah, that was the point he was trying to make, right? That was the thing. Something that you said earlier that struck a chord with me in the intro was talking about people who, because I've actually had people tell me that I'm really not allowed to talk about this because I'm white. Let's, no, you can't tell me that I'm not allowed to talk and express how I feel from my perspective. And that's that's actually, and I, I, I just saw one of my friends who has a massive following. She had to delete something that she posted, and really she was just coming from the heart, but she got so slammed. She even said, I'm now having to delete yet another message. I'm just coming from the heart, but it's taken so twisted. And I, it, it, it's a slap in the face to us because we're feeling too. We're well, hurting as well. As a human of the human race, we have an opinion except when something like this happens and then we're supposed to stay quiet yeah okay i've never owned another human being i don't want to own a human being i've never tried to subjugate another human being i've always said that when it comes to history you have to interpret people in light of the times in which they lived every group of people every people group every ethnicity Every, if you want to call it nationality, every regional geographical group have subjugated another people at some point in time in human history. Mm -hmm. That's a known fact. Candace, do we have another segment after this one, by the way? I want to know how to map this out because this is a serious topic, Mm -hmm. right? Because you have to choose your words wisely because we do get attacked for these things. Mm -hmm. But you're right. I love what you said. We have feelings, too. Mm -hmm. All right. Uh, red and yellow, black and white. We're precious in his sight. Jesus loves the little children, right? And and I do too. I was raised in the South believing that everybody was equal. I was raised to believe that. Now, whether it was not my mother and father and what they saw in prior generations and they said, because I have to believe that generationally, in America, 
we've looked at the last generation and said, that wasn't right. Let's do this better. Mm. And so we try to raise our kids better. Um, I wasn't raised to think about terms of subjugation. Okay. That's why you guys know I love everybody. Mm hmm. I love everybody. I don't. I don't care what the color of your skin is. I don't. I, I don't care. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're a pretty girl and, and you black, I kiss you right on the mouth. I, 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 <laughs> well, some of that. You if know, you're pretty man and you're black, I kiss you right on the mouth. The thing about it is, some of the things you're taught as a child don't necessarily come from your parents. Right. They come from mm-hmm. outside the home, whether it's good or bad. And that goes for whatever race you are. You're taught certain things. And my dad was a police officer for thirty some odd years. And one of the worst things that he would hear parents say to their children, you better watch out. He's going to throw you in jail. It didn't matter what color they were, white or black. Or, mm-hmm. And he would say, please don't tell kids that because yeah. automatically they grow up in that fear, fear that that guy's here to lock you up and throw you in jail. Mm. I heard a lot of racial epithets when I was young, when I was a kid. Uh, things that I won't repeat. Yep. There were adages that were said, and I'm not talking about the N-word. I'm not talking about, and I heard that plenty. We still hear that plenty, unfortunately, and we hear it more out of oh, the African-Americans than we do out of anybody else, mm-hmm. whether it's rap music or wherever it is, or you know this or that, some video that comes out. Uh, the word disgust me. I don't, you know, the, the stuff like that, I- anything that is derogatory towards another human being disgusts me. Mm-hmm. I don't like the feeling of injustice. I don't like the feeling of imbalance. I drink alcohol, but I don't like being around drunk people. You know why? Because I don't like being around unbalanced people that I don't know what's about to come out of their mouth. That makes me very uncomfortable. I don't like pulling pranks on people, you know, because I hate that moment where that person feels very vulnerable. You know what I'm saying? Feels got. Like, or, or they're like, oh my God, like you, you, you know, I had my truck stolen the other day, right? Yeah. And you come out and you're in the parking lot and you're like, Where's you Steve? feel vulnerable. <laughs> mm-hmm. You feel very vulnerable in that moment. I don't want to put someone in that scenario and make them feel vulnerable as a joke. I've never been comfortable. Like those prank shows and stuff mm-hmm. like that. I don't watch them. That's kind of funny because you and I have been on the road together for over three years. We've never pulled a prank. No, we don't do that at I don't, all. I just don't. And you would think we would yeah. at some point. I mean, like if it's a joke where we release a flock of goats out on the stage, you know, for yeah, the last show of the year, that's one thing. But that's not a prank. I'm just talking about, you know what I'm saying, where you yeah. scare someone. I don't like those feelings. And so to legitimately dehumanize somebody through ridicule, mocking, scorn, violence, something like that, or persecution – Makes me very, very uncomfortable. That's why when I was younger, when I was in high school, I was an athlete. I was reasonably well accepted. I was popular. Uh, I didn't like. I, I I didn't like someone getting bullied. Mm-hmm. You know, if you got to walk a few laps during PE or whatever, you know, just to kill a little time before you go back to class, I always made sure that I walked with, you know, the kid that was on the tennis team. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, but you know, I will mock and ridicule. I mean, we make jokes mm-hmm. all the time. But I don't like true persecution. But you're a true compassionate person. I can say that just from knowing you. As long as I've known you, you have a heart of, and so does Steve. Everybody's yeah. compassionate. Here. Everybody in our world, in our sphere of influence, mm-hmm. right? I mean, it, it goes across, except for this whoever spam caller is uh, on my phone. <laughs> so, so I just I agree that we look at this thing, and I don't. I we've lost. 
I heard Tucker Carlson the other day, and everybody, you either love him or hate him. There's, I understand. But I heard him last Friday. And he made a comment, and I analyzed it in my head, and I thought, man, that really makes sense. And he was talking about how we, there are certain people in our society, we've checked every box, filled out every application, got every license, every ID, every certification. We've gotten everything we're supposed to do uh, in, because we've obeyed the rules. We've been taught to obey the rules, and that's what we did. We've, we've obeyed the rules because we feel like we have a certain stock in society, and it's our responsibility to do that. And the eye-opening thing for me was, and he said this, there are people in our society who don't feel like they have stock in it. Hmm. And so they skip all of that and go straight into these scenarios we're seeing right now. If you feel oppressed by a certain system, your immediate uh, reaction when something of an injustice happens, like what we see with George Floyd, and all fingers seem to point that direction, that this was a true uh, animosity and atrocious misuse of justice and injustice, you're like, well, let's burn it to the ground right let's burn it to the ground and so what they do is there's a tendency to attack what you know and what you know is your community uh you know and and i don't i don't i'm gonna take a shot in the dark on the psychosis and the psychology of that and that is the reason you don't come into the the white establishment and burn it down it doesn't it doesn't make sense to me why you would burn your own community down while the king sits up in his in his ivory tower eating popcorn watching you do it that's not affecting the king you're burning down your only only community because i think in some ways in many ways it that community in some ways can be a sign of the injustice itself like because i'm in this community this community this scenario this circumstance and situation has held me back and held me down. And so I'm rioting, I'm burning down that which represents everything. And they want you to feel their pain. And there is that element. And and I don't think that people are thinking in their right minds when it comes to that. Um, and And again, don't take my words to justify any of this stuff. I wholeheartedly condemn. Yeah. The police officers that were involved, uh, when I see video of police brutality on any color, done by any color, the skin has nothing to do with it. Mm-hmm. It breaks my heart. Yeah. So I get it. But at the same time, I don't condone anyone that's out there wreaking havoc on something that someone has worked very, very hard to build and create from nothing in many cases and you're just going to destroy it because you feel like you don't have stock in society. Mm-hmm. Maybe if you would check more of those boxes, you might have a little more stock in it. I got more to say on the subject. Maybe you're pissed off. I don't care. We'll be right back. So over this past weekend, I did a lot of thinking about the death of George Floyd. I drew a lot of uh, scenarios in my head of what transpired. There are things about the whole circumstance that I really don't like. For instance, if this had been another thing, like if we knew this much information about Jeffrey Epstein, right? We would be having a real field day over the discrepancies in the death of Jeffrey Epstein if this type of scenario had happened to Jeffrey Epstein. Mm -hmm. But because it's a black man, we can't have those conversations. My mother even said, Chad, don't say anything about this. And I'm like, Mom, Mm -hmm. you know me better than this. 
and I want to say with all compassion, my heart breaks because you watch the full video of this thing. And Candace, I started to say, let's pull the full 10-minute video, and I want to unpack it with commentary as we're going through because there's so many things about the videos that I don't like that are just problematic. But here's a guy who seems to be in perfect health. He's handcuffed. They're walking him around the car, and then 10 minutes later, he's dead. <sighs> that is just crazy to me. But there's certain aspects that bother me. For instance, you know, just a few days before Joe Biden makes his gaffe, if you want to call it a gaffe, or maybe it was just a Freudian slip there, where he says, hey, if you're not voting for me, then you ain't black. So they mm -hmm. gotta, I feel like that it really helps to cover that up. I also feel like the Ahmed Arbery situation did not go as far as the media would have liked for it to happen. Of course, that was the black man who was supposedly jogging in the neighborhood there in Georgia, down in Brunswick, Georgia, and the father and the son wound up getting into an altercation and shooting him, and he died. Uh, that didn't get the tra traction they wanted. Then, of course, the COVID narrative was really starting to unravel. States were starting to open back up. We had to kind of shut things back down again, get them under control. And I'm just talking to you like a good conspiracy theorist right now. Enter this scenario with George Floyd. You have these four police officers who are engaged in something that is 100% anti-procedural when it comes to police. Minneapolis has been, has been a hotbed of police-caused uh, deaths over the last several years something like 149 or 169 79 deaths caused by cops uh it has been a problematic police department there in minneapolis bring a guy around he's subdued why don't you put him in the car the car's right there you push him on the ground then you got three cops on him and the, the one guy is sitting there with his hand in his pocket nonchalantly staring at the camera with his knee on his neck and you have the other asian officer who's standing there kind of running interference for him and you're seeing it from that angle he's staring right into the camera like hey here i am this is me um and almost lethargic. I, I don't mean, know but if it's that's just, it's just very laissez-faire. I mean, like, yeah. this is business as usual. He's saying, I can't breathe. My stomach hurts. My chest hurts. You know, get off him. He's calling for his mother. Um, and then once his body goes lifeless, there's nothing. I mean, he just stays there for another three minutes with his... It's ridiculous. Why didn't you put him in the damn car? Why didn't you pick him up, open the door, and put him in a secure patrol car? The video consistently is showing the license plate. It says police, which that's not, you know, people say, well, there's what Minneapolis police cars say police. Mm. Okay. But it makes sure that that stays in the frame the entire time they're showing this. An interesting thing, when you look at the other perspective from across the street back, you don't see anybody standing there filming, which is very weird to me. Go back and look at it. From across the street, you don't see the perspective, because we see the perspective of behind the car, and there's the, the officer Chauvin, who's standing there, Derek Chauvin, who, who had his knee on his neck. You don't see the, the so-called camera person from across the street. It's not there during this entire scenario. There's nobody over there. Very, very weird to me. Then the ambulance shows up. You expect EMTs to get out. They don't. Police officers get out. When the hell have you seen police officers get out of an ambulance? Never. They pick him up, put his lifeless body on the gurney. Never in the video at any time does anybody check his pulse, check his heartbeat, check his vitals, check his blood pressure. Mm -hmm. They don't check his breath. There's nothing. He just lays there lifeless. 
they lay they they load him onto the ambulance they send him to the hospital where he's pronounced dead at the hospital which of course had that happened with with uh who's our guy jeffrey upstein we'd have been saying nah he's still alive false flag still alive okay that to me i'm not getting into that because that takes away the tragic death of this man that i believe died but were we seeing an assassination hmm. I mean, if I wanted to get conspiratorial, are we watching an assassination that is actually accomplishing the the reversal of all of these things that are starting to unravel? The Joe Biden gaffe, the uh, Ahmed Arbery, the COVID scenario, all of these different mm-hmm. things, the shutdowns, the six foot distancing. Now, rather than stay at home and wear a mask, everybody's out there in a mass crowd. What are we seeing? What is going on? Uh, there's a lot of questions that if you are an honest human being, they should be raised. You should be raising these questions because a man died in this situation. Mm-hmm. I don't like that. And now we're seeing mass turmoil in the major, uh, I will add, liberal-led cities of America. There's been threats to now take it into the suburbs. I don't like that idea mm-hmm. because I promise you, folks, I promise you this is not a threat. This is not me big-talking there are country folks out there who have been waiting for Antifa and all these other crazies to come down to the sticks for a long, long time. That is not going to go well for either side. It's not. Not going to go well. Um, and and I, So I'm not about the big talking and all that. I feel, I feel tragically devastated for society right now because this is America and it's starting to really not look like America. Yeah. You know, but I understand. There are injustices, and where there aren't injustices, there is the sense of injustice, and the sense of injustice, or even perceived injustice, can feel just like real injustice. So the conversations need to be had. I got one more thing that I want to say in the final segment that I'm just absolutely sick of, and it's my pet peeve, and we're going to close it there. So hang tight, and we'll be right back. Pet peeve number one. Pet peeve number one. Yes, I've seen the video you want me to see. Whatever that video is, I've seen it. You don't have to blow up my inbox. I love you. God bless you. Communicate with me. I want your communication. I want it. I want it. I want it. But this whole, have you seen this article? Have you seen this video? Have you seen it? Yes, I'm on the same internet you're on. I've seen it. I promise you. It gets flooded with me. I want us to have some interactive conversation, not a whole lot of conspiratorial crap that want, that justifies one side over the other. That's not getting anywhere. Let's have the conversation. Let's make ourselves vulnerable and have the conversation because we're all in this culture and society together. Pet peeve number two. The, the, okay, so you have white cops, white sheriffs all across the country who come out and says, hey, we're with you. God bless you. We're going to hug you. We're going to embrace. And everybody's like, oh, see there, see there. And they start posting the videos. This is what law enforcement ought to do. That is what the majority of law enforcement does already. Don't take 99% of cops and put them in a basket because 1% are assholes. Don't do that. And yes, some cops, some of you are assholes. I've met a few of you. And you know what? The majority of the folks in that put that badge on every day, they just want to come home to their family every day. They're good people. 
So stop holding that up as some paragon and example of saying, well, this is what law enforcement in America should be. I'm telling you, by and large, that's what law enforcement in America already is. So don't hold it up like it's some kind of rare example, like, oh, my God, we found a white tiger in the wild. No pun intended. (laughs) They're out there. They care about their communities. There's no damn way that police officers would go out there and do what they do, risk their lives for that community if they didn't love that community for no more pay than what they get. Give me a break, folks. Amen. So that's my pet peeve right there. There's a lot of conversations we can have. Forget skin color. We're all in this together, living and dying. I love y'all. God bless you. Thanks for watching. We'll see you tomorrow night. Take care of each other. Bye. (laughs) Bye.